loving with words, loving with our words. So I don't know how your experience has been in terms of love with words. I think it's a big, big challenge. For me, it's been a journey when you talk of loving with words. Growing up, I remember it was a time I was actually with, uh, with Lina in Mozambique. I remember I went through a season where I always saw myself as somebody who talks a lot. Uh, I, what, what I'm thinking, that's what came out. And there were, being young at the time, there were times that I spoke, but afterwards I lost peace. Like the peace I'm supposed to have or the satisfaction that I've said something to somebody, I don't have it, I lose it. And I went through a season where I kept praying, God, but why? I know it's my nature. We know we are all different. God created us differently. There's no right or wrong way of being. We are just different. There are some people who talk more, others who talk less. There are people who think before they speak more than others. There's no right or wrong way, but there's a godly way in whatever personality that we have. In this case, in my case, I would find I lose peace. And I, I, I began to ask myself, Lord, how, how can I become better? Because I don't want a situation where after interacting with certain people, I go and I feel so terrible. Almost I want to go back to that person and say, discard all that that I said. And you can't do that. Because once you've spoken, the words have gone up. You can't take them back. And I remember the Lord leading me to Proverbs. And I read, if there's a book in the Bible I've read, is Proverbs. I went through Proverbs. I took scriptures. I wrote them down. And I would meditate on them. And that was my journey of trying to be what God wants me to be in the area of speech. Even if I think I speak a lot more. But where I want God to guide me in my speech so that I don't lose that peace. You know what it is to lose peace once you've done something that is not pleasing to God. And that is possible when the Holy Spirit is in you. So I would like us to read just the first scripture, uh, James, James 3. All of us often make mistakes, but if a person never makes a mistake in what he says, he is perfect. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. So if, if you think maybe you're listening and you're like, ah, me, I'm okay. The Bible, this is what the Bible is saying. Then if you do not make mistake, then you are perfect. But we know that we are not perfect. We do make mistakes. And therefore, it is important today that we look at this crucial matter of loving with our words or how we use our words. Why is that important? Because in almost everything that we do, we, we do it through communication. Communication is a key part in every interaction that we have. Therefore, it's important. You can imagine how many words you have spoken from the time you woke up to this time. You have said so many words if you were to count them. Therefore, it is important that we learn how to become good users of the words that we have, or rather, using those words with love. And the Bible from, uh, from a scripture 
We have, um, we have the books. I am hoping you have your books and you are able to follow the sermon uh, through the books. So with our mouth, when we speak, the mouth does direct us where we go. So the scripture that Lena uh, read for us just a few minutes ago is talking of a ship being a, this large thing, but it's controlled by a small component which is called a rudder. So it also means with our mouth, we can control how the affairs around our lives happen. With our mouth, the, our mouth is also able to destroy what we have. Sometimes we don't, we don't think so much about the negative that happens after we've spoken because we are in a certain state in our mind. So we talk, talk, talk using our mouth, but the same mouth is able to destroy what we have. We see that from James, the same scripture which was read by Lina earlier, where it's comparing the tongue to a fire. And in terms of fire, I think we've seen of late uh, in the most, uh, in recent years, big fires in other nations like Australia, America, France. I mean, you have nations that, that have experienced fires that have destroyed cities or farms. A lot of property has been destroyed. But the fire itself, when it starts, it's very small. But the damage that it does is, is so huge and it can't be controlled. There are times when you hear, like, for weeks, they are trying to bring... Um, these firemen, they are trying to bring a lot of whatever it is they need to control the fire. But it started by something very, very small. And you can imagine what you carry or what the level of destruction that our tongue can actually do or our mouth can do. So my mouth can destroy what I have and my mouth dis displays who I really am. So the Bible says, uh, from Matthew 12:34, words flow out of what fills the heart. The other version says, from the abundance of the heart, from the abundance of the heart. So what is carried, what fills my heart? When I speak, I'm speaking from what is within me. So you can't just say, ah, oh, it just came upon me and it, it just came out. It doesn't just come out. It comes out because that's what is inside you. And the Bible said, from the abundance of your heart, then your mouth speaks. And therefore, God wants us to learn how do we love with our words, how do we love using our mouth. Like I said, it's an important component. It's a, an important uh, aspect of our lives because all the interactions that we do, we do them with words. Amen. Hallelujah. So, how, how, what kind of words are we expected to use? Or what kind of words are we going to, to use to demonstrate our love? Number one, you love people with honest words. Like I said to you earlier, that uh, I grew up, or naturally, I, I tend to speak what I'm thinking um, I don't know how to go round and round and round. That's just who I am. But it doesn't make me perfect or better than others. But I can learn how to do that better. So, number one, we can love people with honest words. 
And the greatest example in using honest words, I think we can learn it from Jesus himself. Honest words, they don't always sound nice. So being spoken to in all honesty, we may not always like it. And Jesus was a perfect example with that. You see him use words like brood of vipers. You want to think, oh, how can you? Is that, in all honesty, that means like you are children of snakes? Or he called, uh, he called people faithless generation? I mean, you can feel offended. You think I have no faith. Or find better ways of, of, of saying things. But Jesus, why he was able to say certain things in the way that he did is because it was coming from a place of love. He wasn't saying that in order to hate the, the Pharisees. Now, what happens sometimes in our lives, we, we say things out of a heart that is not right. And even if you are saying something that is right or that is honest and true, it may not be well received because it, the source of your heart, the source where those words are coming from are not right. So Jesus, we see him using words that in some cases were very, very strong words, and one could actually take offense. That is to say, in our own lives, we need to find or surround ourselves with people who are able to tell us the truth. We ourselves, we should be honest people who speak the truth. You know, there's, there's, there, there's something I personally don't appreciate if I go to somebody and I say, what do you think about this and this? Don't tell me something because you think that's what I will enjoy hearing. Because if I didn't need your opinion, I wouldn't have asked. If I'm asking, it means I value what you are saying. I value your input. I'll give you an example. I'm, I, I've been building my house for the past, I don't know, two years now. And uh, I, I'm good with straight walls, just putting the structure, because I've done it two, three times now. So just making sure I can tell you without even a measuring tape that this wall is crooked, I can tell. So there are certain techniques that I'm very, very good at, and I know them. But there are also areas in construction where I know I'm not good at. So I go to my friends, like Lina, like Malina. So I go to Lina and I say, I need you to help me pick paint because that's an area I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I can't tell what is green, what is blue. I can't. And I don't know why, but sometimes I can't. Sometimes it's very obvious. Other times it's not. So I go to Lina. I need you to help me pick paint. I'm not expecting Lina to tell me, no, yes, just go with gray because she knows I like gray. And gray, I'll pick gray any day. But I'm not expecting her to just say, no, yes, it's okay, the same gray. No. So we go to a shop and she's telling me, okay, if you pick this color, the problem with this color is A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. If you get that color, the advantage is this, this, and that. And she helps me make a decision. Those are kind of people you need to surround yourself with. Not just people who are going to tell you, who follow, flow with you because they know this is what you want to hear. So I may not like it if she says, no, that color is not going to look very nice. Then I get offended because ah, why are you not, not supporting me? Because you know this is what I want. I wouldn't have asked for help. So let's learn to be people who are helpful to our friends, 
and families and also people who speak the truth. There are certain people you can never know what they are thinking. And we see that as being a good Christian because I do not want to offend. God has given you an opportunity. God has not put you in, uh, on an island on your own. He has put you in a network of friends at work, at school, at home. You have all of this network of people that are supposed to help you being built to be like Jesus. So utilize those resources that are around you in a right way. And don't be so stiff in your own thinking to think that what you yourself are thinking is always what is right. Love uh, from 1 Corinthians 13.6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So that's what I was explaining. So if we are to love people with words, we need to delight in what is the truth. Not always jumping into every uh, a negative thing that we, 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 we see or we hear about. A few weeks ago, there's an actor who died in South Africa, a very famous actor. Some of you may know him. I think Shona, they say his name. And I, I listened to the video. He recorded a video. He died, I think, of COVID. But before that, he recorded a video where he was talking mainly to... He, he was saying, I'm speaking to my brothers, meaning African. And he was, the, the video, if you want, just go and listen to it. I, I got moved. Because he was speaking about Africans, how often we, we encourage the negative. Like somebody posts something negative on Facebook, and we rally behind it by putting more fire, more fire, more fire. Or somebody posts something nice. Instead of us maybe correcting it there and say what you've posted is incorrect or it's not right. But as believers, we even believers, I know he was talking to Africans mainly that we do that, we pull each other down. And one of the things he was talking about was about himself, where a fellow African comes to him and he says, ah, but how did you get to the top? You know, because it's not possible for you to just get to the top. And those are the assumptions that we make often. We misjudge and we support wrong things, especially on social media or even in interacting with friends. You know what the person is telling you is a gossip, but you put more fire, more fire, more fire. You are a child of God. You are supposed to say, oh, okay, but what we are speaking, I don't support it. I don't think it's... Don't fear because now our friendship will end. Then such friendships are useless. We fear sometimes because we want to identify ourselves with other people or you sit there. You know, you know for people who, who don't smoke, there's what is called the pass passive smoker where it says the damage it does to a passive smoker is more than to the one who is actually smoking. You've heard that, eh? 
So let's give an example where you are sitting in a place where the words that are coming, they are not these words that love does not delight in evil, but rejoices. So evil is going on, but you, you are like, no, me, I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there. By sitting there, you are participating. You are partaker of what is going on. Speak out. Say this is not right or I do not agree. We cannot talk about our sister, about our brother in this way. Why? Because God wants you to use your words to love, not to hate, not to destroy. He wants you to use your words to love. Amen. Number two, love people with careful words. Number one, we said love people with honest words. Number two, love people with careful words. You know, the word careful means caution. You are paying attention. And uh, it almost talks of uh, somewhere where everything is going on right. But as we know in life, we don't always live where everything is okay. In some of our interactions, we may be arguing. In some of our interactions, we may be... I don't know, just complaining. In some of the interactions, we may be argumentative. And in such an environment, it's very difficult to do what? To be careful with our words. Amen. So the Bible is teaching us, is encouraging us to love people. One way we can love people is loving with the careful words. But I'm saying careful words, it often happens in a good conducive environment. But in most of the environments that we find ourselves in, they are not that peaceful. And therefore, we find that often we can't use those careful words. Why? Maybe it's because so many words have been spoken to us. And as the words have been spoken to us, we've become like a sponge that just sucks. You know, sometimes you can say, ah, no, me, I don't speak. When somebody offends me, I just leave it. You are leaving it. Where is it going? So you say, no, me, I, I, I don't like to argue. No, me, I'm a very peaceful person. But then one day we just see you explode. Why? Because you are like a sponge. A sponge that was just sucking and sucking and sucking and sucking. And therefore, in most of, most of the cases when you are, you, are, you are speaking or when you have to speak, you speak from a place of anger. Why? Because you have been consuming every word that has been spoken to you. Maybe from the home uh, where you grew up or the home where you are growing up for those of you who are still uh, being kept. So negative words have been spoken on your life, maybe words like, you know, you never amount to anything. Some of us, those are the homes we grew up in because our parents didn't know better. So we grew up being called those names, ours, and particularly myself, I don't have that recollection of being called, you know, you are Dao, uh, you are this, you are that. But some of us, in our environment, especially here in Africa or even in Zambia, those are the homes we are growing up or we've grown up where words are spoken day and night and you are even called by names instead of your own name. 
So you are called by names. And that's what you've been sucking and sucking and sucking. And your heart is full. The scripture we read earlier, it said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you are speaking, you are speaking from that heart that is full of hate from the words that were spoken to you from the way how people treated you. And therefore now, you are also treating other people the same way. You are not careful in your words. Your words, they are not loving words. When you speak, you just speak whatever, whatever you can think of or whatever you had somebody use on you. Why? Your aim is wanting to hate them so that they feel the same pain you are feeling or they feel the same pain you felt. You've never dealt with those words that were spoken over your life. And I've been through experience in my life where a lot of negative words were spoken. And you know when that happens, you begin to lose yourself. You forget who you are. Your identity is so confused that you don't know who you are. You don't know how to behave. You don't know what to think. You don't know how to interact. And such issues, they are not issues that we are supposed to keep. Because if we keep them, then we can't love people the way God wants us to love them, using our words. So I don't know how your experience has been. Maybe you've grown up being praised all the time. That also has its own uh, consequence. When you are praised all the time, you always then just expect everyone to praise you. And the day somebody does not praise you, ah, you know, you just come up in arms. You want to react. Because you are not used, you, your system is not balanced. You are not used to being told the truth. When you are wrong, you are corrected to say, here, my son, this is wrong. And some of us young people, we grow up with that mindset of no one can ever tell us anything. We know it all. That is not God's will. We are supposed to accommodate uh, rebuke. We are supposed to accommodate honest words. We are supposed to accommodate other people speaking into our lives and allowing our hearts to receive it. So I don't know if you have been on the receiving end of not using careful or no, uh, careful words not being used on your life, or you've been on the giving end because at one point you received such words not nice. I don't know which place you stand, but like we read from James 3, it says no man is perfect. If you are, then you should be able to control the course of the rest of your body. Amen. Amen. Good. So sometimes we are not able to use careful words because we talk too much. You are just somebody you can't do with the silence. A quiet room disturbs you. You know, there are people like that. If you are in a car, you are going somewhere, and maybe it just becomes quite a bit you can't handle. Or even in church, I've seen it sometimes with, uh, here it doesn't happen. With worship teams, you know, I say, let's just observe a moment of silence. Let's just concentrate. Let's focus and worship on God. Yes, let's just, I'm like, you just said, let's, let's, let's stay silent. But you are still talking. And sometimes we talk too much that we take very little time to listen. 
again, the, uh, the scripture that was referenced earlier to say, be quick to hear, but slow to speak. So we can't use careful words because we are always in a rush. In our mind, we feel like everyone must listen to what we have to say. And sometimes you may be doing it even in conversation. Watch yourself. If you are someone who talks too much, if you meet somebody, you talk to them. Afterwards, check yourself how much did the other person say to you. That's one way. Why are we saying so? Because the whole purpose is God wants us to be like him. We can't just stay the same and never allow change to take place. So watch yourself. I have given you my testimony where I would go and I feel so disturbed in my heart. I'm not saying I've overcome it. Even now, either at work with colleagues or even here in church, I can call, I have no issue, I can call because I feel so disturbed in my heart. I can pick up a call and say, I just want to apologize. And the person will be like, but why? Oh, you remember when we talked at that time, I, I've lost peace. I just don't feel the way I spoke to you was the right way. When last did you apologize to somebody? Without even a de uh, the, the person demanding for an apology. Because some of us, we want to wait first. Uh, let him ask me. Or you realize that the way you spoke to the person was very wrong. And maybe very offensive. Or maybe it was right, but in a wrong tone. Wh how often have you gone back to just say, I'm sorry. To them it may be fine. And there are cases where I've gone and said, I'm so sorry with the way I spoke to you. And they're like, no, I didn't notice. But for myself, I d it did not sit right. So I do it for my sake. So do you take time? Or you just say, ah, he's my friend. He understands me. Huh? He's, he's my friend. Ah, he understands me. Ah, they know me. If you're Do we take time to just say, even with the people we live with, the people we work with here at the church, have we ever gone? Do you go sometimes and just say, I'm so sorry. What I said, or the way I said it, I shouldn't have said it that way. And it's about time we begin to embrace the Holy Spirit. Because the more you do it, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you. He will be telling you, even without the other person. You know why it's important to go back to the person? Maybe you really hate them. And they really picked it. You don't want to be building uh, negative, to be part of the negative experiences of that person. You don't want to be, because life, believe me, Life is tough, just the way it is. It's tough. We go through stuff, tough stuff. Sometimes without even you inviting the stuff, it visits you. So it's already rough. Do you want to be part of the experiences that are going to be negative on your brother or your sister? Do you want to be part of that? You don't. You want to bring a good, positive influence. Which leads me to my third point, which is loving people with building words. Loving people with building words. Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let, do not let any unwholesome talk 
come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. I like the last part eh, in this version. Building, building up according to their needs. Don't you think that's just so beautiful? Because it's not according to what I think. It's according to what the need at hand that other person has. So what is the need that the other person has? One way to guide ourselves when we are trying to build people um, with, uh, to love people with uh, building words is to ask ourselves, is what I'm saying true? Is it the truth? Is it helpful? Is it helping the other person? Is it helping me? Am I inspiring them to take the right course of action? Is what I'm saying necessary? Because sometimes you may say, but maybe that's not, that's not what the person needs. There are times when somebody comes and I also don't know what, what to say. And it's okay. I don't know why sometimes we feel we must always have something to say. I don't know why. Especially believers. You know, going to a funeral, I've been on the receiving end of that. Where somebody saying, ah, hey, sorry, my sister, sorry. But at least this one, it was just a baby. You didn't live with them for so long. Hey, sorry. Why, why, why do we feel always we need to say something? There are times, there are situations where there is no need to say anything. You just need to sit there and they need to know that you are there. You are supporting them. You understand. You are just, you are just trusting God with them. You're just trusting God with them. So when we are speaking, God expects us to love people with building words. Are the words that I'm speaking, are they building? Are they necessary? Are they helpful? Is this the truth? Ask yourself when you are speaking, when you are interacting with somebody. Don't always think you are the one with the solution. I do get people sometimes who say, no, I think you can help me. And I don't know. I'll just say, I'll pray with you. Because prayer, I can. We can all pray. And when you are praying to God, especially, he's not looking for you to use perfect words. It's us who make it. No, it must say this, thou art mighty and holy and all of that. It's us who makes it. But God is not looking, ah, did you say thou art enough? Did you say you are worthy enough? No. God is your father. He wants you to talk to him. All he's looking for is the sincerity on your heart and what you are saying and the diligence of your faith. You are believing him. You see him as the source of solution. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for how, you know, was, uh, were the words flowing well enough? No. With all your flaws, mistakes, even in Bemba, Nyanja, whatever it is, God doesn't mind. He loves it when you speak to him. So building words are the words that I'm going to say here. Are they going to edify this person? Or am I going to bring them down again? You know, have you spoken to somebody where you think, ah, why did I even bother? 
Do you know those moments where you go to somebody and you are like, oh, this, this, I have a colleague at work. She tells me the truth, whether I like it or not. Eh? So I had a situation where somebody had written a long complaint about my department. No, this, that, this, that, and I was furious. Remember, the Bible say, does not say don't get angry. It says in your anger, do not sin. And don't let the sun go down while you are angry. Amen. So I was upset. The first time, I didn't want to read that mail. But my boss kept asking for feedback. You know, I need feedback. I need feedback. I need you to take action. I need to. And I was so annoyed. So the first two days, I'm just thinking about that email. I'm going, reading, reading. I'm thinking about it. And I'm uh, defensive mode. So I go to this colleague. So I'm telling her, you know, um, I got this email about my department, and I, I, it's, I'm really annoyed. And then she's like, okay, you're annoyed. Okay, tell me exactly, just in summary, what is the email saying? I mean, it's saying this, 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 and that. And she said, okay, I don't see anything wrong with that. I was like, what? Says, ah, because you are leading people. Are you telling me you know what they are doing, each one of them? You don't. So maybe there's some truth in what has been written. If I were you, I would first investigate. Call the people who are being mentioned. Ask them. And that's what we need in life. Because I was going to answer in a very bad way. Why? Because I didn't analyze that email, the complaints, and in myself, I felt attacked, and I just put on this defense mode. And I was going to respond, just say, those people are lying, this doesn't happen, what, what. But she said, look, you have a big department, you have a big team. How many people do you have? Do you know what they do? Do you know if they did what is being mentioned? Maybe they did. So if I were you, I would just take time, call one or two people, do your own investigation. You might find that... These are not just mere complaints. There's some truth in it. Of course, we don't deny that some of it is really out of place. But there may be a lot of things that you can pick from there and improve your department. So we need words that are building, words that are carefully thought, but we should also be prepared to receive them when they are given to us. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you are being blessed. Wonderful. So, loving people with words, it's, 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 it's a big, big challenge. And it's not something that we can just hear and say it will happen. It's something that each one of us needs to make a decision to change. So, I don't know during as we go into this week, I don't know which area in your life you feel... I think I need to work on this. Could it be that maybe you are not one of those who uses kind words? Maybe because of things that are happened to you, often when you speak, it's like a volcano. You know, you just bring damage when it's not maybe what you have intended to do, but that's what happens when, when you speak because of the damage that has been done to you. 
So you don't speak, like I said earlier, Jesus, when he was speaking, even though he used very strong words sometimes, but it was coming from a place of love. His heart was right, and he wanted the best. He wanted people to repent. He wanted people to do the right thing. And that's the place he was speaking from. So maybe you need to learn to use kind words, because kind words can turn one's worry into joy. You remember I said sometimes you can go to somebody, and then afterwards you're like, ah, that was a waste of time. Why did I even talk to them? Not those who tell you the right thing, but you don't like it. Sometimes just take time to think through, and you might just find that it's something that you needed to hear. It could be that you need to use the gentle words this week. You know, somebody, if, if somebody comes to you with a lot of anger, maybe they think you've done something, and then you just answer them with a gentle answer. It is just... Uh, it's like all of that fire goes down. Like, ah, I wish he had also answered. The Bible in Proverbs says if you argue with a fool, people cannot tell who is not a fool. So maybe you need to learn how to give more some gentle words so that where there is anger, that anger can be dealt with just from the way that you speak or from the way that you answer. To use words that are more pleasant, words that are pleasant, they actually encourage learning. I have witnessed a few times um, husbands trying to teach their wives driving. It's a dangerous game. Pleasant words when you are teaching each other driving. I've not seen so much women teaching men, but I've seen uh, husbands teaching their wives or trying to teach their wives how to drive. So this uh, couple friend at one time, I, I even say to them, you know what? Often uh, it doesn't end well. Just send her to a driving school. No, I'll teach my wife. I'm like, hmm. Okay, maybe some things, some people are different, and there may be very few that are different. I would uh, encourage you to send her for driving. No, 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 me, I can teach her. Why waste money to take her to somebody where, when I can do the job? I'm like, okay. We met then some months later. She's like, oh, I'm going to school. I'm like, school for what? Driving? <laughs> I'm like, what? Driving, what happened? <laughs> so probably the pleasant words, they were not coming out, and no encouragement in terms of learning was happening. So pleasant words, they encourage learning. So maybe this week, you just need to say words that will inspire somebody, motivate somebody into learning. I talked of Jesus being the perfect example for us in terms of using honest words. He used honest words in all that he did. There was just sincerity and honesty, and he's the greatest example that we have. 
maybe you are somebody who is carrying so much grudge that you don't know because uh, such grudge, it weighs you down. Being angry, being bitter. You know, when the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin and don't allow the sun go down in your anger. It's because when you stay angry for a long time, when you allow the sun to go down in your anger, that anger turns into bitterness. And there are times where you can be so angry that the amount of anger that you have becomes more than the offense that was committed. Have you ever been there? Where you are so angry that when you are to compare what now you, you, what you end up doing because somebody offended you becomes more than the earlier offense committed by the other party. And that's not God's will. And some of us, that's how we are. We overreact on things. You get angry with somebody. You don't talk to them. You can't be bothered. And then in, in the end, you have a bitterness, resentment, all those things. They don't please God. And the Holy Spirit can't be pleased, can't function in you. Because there is all of that trash which God would want you to let go. Shall we raise to our feet? I may have said a lot of things, but really what I'm trying to communicate here is how can we love using words? And maybe we have loved or we've thought we are loving using words, but actually what we did, we caused damage in our families, in our friends, in our colleagues. And some of the damage we've made, we've never gone back to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. There is nothing wrong in saying sorry. And some of us, we just never say sorry. It's like, I can never apologize because we see that as weakness. But that's not God's will. And that's not being a child of God. And maybe you are here, you've grown up being called names, and that has damaged you so much that you are unable to love with words because you've not received the kind words. God is here through the Holy Spirit. He can touch you. He wants to touch you. If only you can allow him. I'll give you a chance to just say something to the Lord according to the way he has ministered to you. Shall we all just pray to the Lord and ask him to do a deeper work in your heart when it comes to using your words, using your mouth. And maybe you realize you've hurt somebody so much and you need to say sorry. Just pray and ask God to give you the courage, the grace to take that step. Hallelujah. Oh.
Father God, I pray this moment, oh God, we come before you as your children. We realize, Lord, that sometimes we've not done right. Sometimes we've not loved right with our words. We realize that sometimes we've hurt other people with our words. And some of us maybe just here, we've been so hurt and so damaged that we don't know how to love with words anymore because of the words that were spoken of our lives that were so damaging. I pray in the name of Jesus for those here, oh God, who just need a fresh touch from you, that you stretch out your hand and touch them. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I break the yoke of bondage over such a one who is bound by words, words that were pronounced that they will amount to nothing. Words that were pronounced over their lives that they will not go anywhere. That they are nothing. They will amount to nothing. I break the power of those words in the name of Jesus.